This is John Byrne, the lead pastor here at Grace Fellowship, and this is the Grace Deep Dive Podcast, recorded deep in the depths of the Grace Fellowship basement here in Lakewood, Colorado. We dive a little deeper into Sunday sermon. I'm Johnny McCloskey, and I'll be your host on the Grace Deep Dive Podcast. Well, we're on episode 64. So, is it 64? I think so. Does it wow. sound right? Or now you, got me, now you got me questioning myself, John. I don't know. Yeah, episode 64, the holiness of God, still in the series, Unlocking the Secrets of the Christian Life. And uh, John, we're just going to jump right in, if that's okay with you. Yep. This week. Um, no, I, I don't know. No? You, you, got, you got something to add or are you good? No, we're good. Um, <laughs> we can jump right in. We're, we're, you talked a little bit about passion and, you know, that always gets me excited. You know, things that, that we're excited about and you different passions that we have. comic books and... Yeah, right. You no, know, yeah, I do actually. Um, <laughs> collecting that kind of stuff. But um, you, you talked about how, you know, passions are hobbies that we may enjoy, Um and how there, there's times where they may lend support to our greater passion of loving Jesus. Yeah. Right? What did you mean by that? How is that? Well, I, I think that sometimes, sometimes we think our, our hobbies or whatever, our distraction from everything else. And I just kind of don't see it that way. I, I, I see all of life as being um, consumed by my one passion of of knowing and loving God and then helping other people know and love God. I mean, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of my one thing. Right. And so, you know, what, no, it doesn't matter what I do. If I, if I'm gonna, uh, you know, if you love, if you love knitting, you know, you can use knitting can be a way for you not only to, to express your love for God and for the world he created by being creative. Um, and, and you, but you can use that in all kinds of ways to, uh, communicate the gospel message to people, to, to love people well. And, and as an opportunity to, um, create opportunities, if you will, to have conversations about Jesus, to, to let your, your love for God show in that way. And, you know, whether it's knitting, whether it's, uh, it, it really doesn't matter what it is. We can have all kinds of hobbies, even your comic book thing, which I know for a fact that that's been something um, that has allowed you to, to interact in people's lives in, in significant ways, have spiritual conversations, you know, tell them about Jesus, that kind of stuff. So I think, so I think whatever it is from, you know, for me, a lot of, uh, you know, my recent passions have been as far as hobbies are concerned or have been, you know, to be involved in martial arts and, and do that kind of stuff. And I've had sig- really significant opportunity to, to have conversations with people about spiritual things, to be there when people are going through hard times to pray with them to all, all kinds of stuff. So I, I just think that this overriding passion of loving and following Jesus doesn't mean we can't do fun stuff. As a matter of fact, I think quite the opposite. We should be in the world, participating in the world, um, and allowing our desire and our and our love for these other things to serve that greater passion of loving Jesus. Hmm. So it kind of makes me think too. So. And this is something I've always struggled with, and and believe me, I, I'm not great at being the most, um, you know, you know, I'm not like super holy guy, you know, you know, when it comes to a lot of things, like I'm not the Mr. Righteous, but I think I've always had a hard time. Some, you know, you think about like even like the monks, let's say uh-huh. just the monks who who spend so much time mm-hmm. studying and worshiping God and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, which seems amazing, but it you have to get out into the world, don't you? I mean, isn't that? I mean, to do that stuff. Just to solely just do that. I mean, there has to be some involvement, some yeah. engagement in the world, right? Or 
<clears throat> Absolutely. I think yeah. that's really important. As a matter of fact, I mean, it's, we do this in our family in a lot of different ways. You know, our, my wife has done this through, you know, Joe's baseball team and really, especially this last year, kind of took it upon herself to, um, to really engage with the other parents and we've developed some good friendships. And, and, you know, the thing is, it's not just that, you know, it's not like we're just running out there and trying to beat people over the head with the Bible. Um, we certainly seek to, to, to engage in conversations. We, we've invited people to church. We've all kinds of things, but we've, we've made friends. You know, I just did, um, a wedding for, for somebody that some parents on the baseball team, um, the other day and, and which created kind of a, a tricky situation for me in some ways, but, but I wanted to be a good friend to them. And so, um, and so we, so I, so I did their wedding and we kind of did it a non-religious wedding because I'm, I'm not their pastor. They don't really have a Christian faith and yet, yet. yet. Yeah. yeah. And maybe, maybe they will, maybe they won't, you know, mm-hmm. but we, we, but we've developed a friendship with them and we love them and, and we want to be good friends to them. And so, um, you know, so they just wanted somebody that knew them well to do the wedding. And, you know, I've done lots of weddings. And so they, so that was kind of where that came from. And so there, there was, there's an opportunity. We have an engagement with their family and, and we're loving them well. But my, my wife intentionally engaged in a lot of those relationships. And, um, and I have two over the years and, and it's been great. And so, but, but our overriding passion isn't baseball. We, do we love baseball? Yeah. Joe, Joey's playing baseball. I grew up playing baseball. Like we love baseball, but baseball's not the point. That hobby for my son right now serves a greater purpose. Mm-hmm. And so for, for as a parent, that it also serves a greater purpose. And so, yeah. Do you find that sometimes our passions don't support or serve the greater purpose of Christ? <laughs> oh, and then oh, what yeah, should lots. we do with those passions? I mean, probably, probably pretty obvious. Well, I, well, it depends. I mean, it, there's things that are, you know, we can kind of think of, of things in, in, in different categories, right? There's, there's things that honor God, there's things that are redeemable, and then there's things we should reject, right? And so we can kind of have those three categories. So the question is, is does your passion, um, is it capable of either being redeemed or does it honor God? And, and so if it fits in those two categories, then, then we can, you know, maybe we have a, a, a hobby, a passion, or even a work, it could be a work thing too, that is that we haven't honored God with it. We haven't used it in that way. We haven't allowed that to serve the greater purpose. Um, and but it is redeemable. Well, okay, then redeem it. Then start to make that serve the greater purpose. You know, meaning greater, like what? Would you have an example of something? Sure. Kind of I mean, well, I mean, it's it could be, it could be, it could be comic books. It could be martial arts. Right. Mm-hmm. It could be. It could be baseball. It could, those things are, are not necessarily, they don't in and of themselves necessarily honor God, but they're certainly redeemable, hmm. right? And so, um, but as soon as you allow those to serve the greater purpose of, of glorifying and honoring God, uh, then you've redeemed them. It sounds like it's like the heart behind it too. Yeah. In a lot of ways, because even I may love playing worship music, but if my, if I have a bad attitude towards people on the worship team, or if I'm angry at, at you know... Yeah, someone on the team or whatever it is, or the sound person, then at that point, my my passion is is a little bit. Well, yeah, I mean, I would say that that you know, if you if you have a pl- passion for playing worship music and that and that direct that's directed towards God, that's probably in and of itself honoring to God. 
you might have attitude problems that surround that mm-hmm. and that infect that in negative ways. Um, but I wouldn't say that's quite the same thing. I would say it's, it's more like, so you may have, certainly you have to have a good attitude and you have to want to honor God with whatever you're doing. Um, but, but there's are things that are irredeemable, right? And so, so there's things that we can say, look, that will never glorify God. Yeah. You know, um, sin if, or something. Yeah. Yeah. If it's, if it's a, if it's a sin, if, if what you're doing is actually sin, like you're, um, you have a, a passion for pornography or something mm-hmm. like that. Well, obviously that's not redeemable. Sure. That you need to get rid of that in your life. Um, you know, so there's, so there's probably think of things in those three categories. There's things that we, we, we have to reject. There's things that are redeemable. And then there's things that glorify and honor God. And we have those three categories. Um, and we just need to figure out which of those three is, is whatever I have this desire and this passion for this hobby or this work thing, you know, which, which of those categories is it in? And if it can't be moved to the honor God category, then you should reject it. Okay. Um, or if it's not already there. Well, the, the purpose of, of this sermon, a lot of it was to talk about holiness and being yeah. more like Christ and, and, and have and that sanctification, sanctification process. Yeah. And you, you mentioned that scripture is very important, very important role in that. And I would mm-hmm. agree. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Um, but what about, you talk about TED Talks and self-helps and stuff yeah. like that. Is, is there any place for that, you think, in in um, sanctification or holiness? I mean, it probably depends which type. Yeah. I mean, you know, when I used it, I didn't use it in a, in a very flattering way when I talked about, like, the what I was talking about how, is the um, confusion that some, and, and I want to say some, and I, I want to be really careful here because I think we can, we can bash on the church really easy and that's not my goal here, but my goal is to be discerning about, um, both for pastors as they preach and for people as they choose which kind of churches they will go to, um, and, and that they will be discerning and, and we want, our pastors should be Bible preaching pastors. They should they should communicate uh, what Scripture says, um, and they should they should do it in a way that helps people bring their life into alignment with uh, a life that that glorifies and honors God and and brings them to the cross and to Jesus. Right, and so so that's what pastors should be doing. But sometimes you get in churches, and and we got to be careful here too because because there is some overlap, and I think this is kind of the question you're asking. Is, you know, sometimes, but sometimes in churches, all you ever get are these like TED talks about, you know, how to make a, make you a better you or something like that. Well, that's not what, you know, scripture does teach us how to be better versions of ourselves. As a matter of fact, I think Jesus is the ultimate example is truly what it is to be truly human. And the, the best version of humanity that we could ever look at would be Jesus himself. And so we should seek to, to do that. But but when when it's when it's always just about being a better you, well, you don't need the church for that. I mean, that's that's those talk, those talks aren't often based on on what is biblical and scriptural. Um, but the Bible says, hey, you need to embrace the new you. Is what it, what it says. You need to get rid of the old you. Now that can sound a lot like a TED talk too, or a, a self help. So there's there's versions of the, of the self help things that can be beneficial, but we all always need to be discerning and view them through the filter of scripture. You know, we, we should reject the idea of, you know, just believe in yourself and, and, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, I think, I think those things are silly, um, but there's, there's areas where it can be very helpful. You know, one of one, one book I really, really like is a book called Grit. And, and I really love the idea of it because it talks about persevering through, um, 
through struggles and failures in order to achieve success. And I think that that's a biblical concept, actually. Um, the Christian life is about persevering uh, in many ways, which we just talked about that. What was that last week or the a week before, a couple weeks ago or yeah, something? Mm-hmm. You know, so so I think there's some biblical concepts that find their, find their way into self-help. I well, think that's fine. Know, and I think even kind of going back to the passions and stuff, too, you know, I think the grit, grit wasn't written by a Christian I, I don't know. I don't it was written so. by Angela Duckworth, and it's about education. I don't know. I don't know her faith background. But, but let's say it wasn't. Let's just say for for yeah for argument's sake that it wasn't. There's other books I like that I know for a fact were not written by Christians, yeah. but I don't recommend them often because, well, there's foul language, you sure. know, things like that. But I think, so, but I think the, the point of kind of what I was what, kind of connecting with you were saying earlier is you take something that maybe isn't even um, spiritually derived, yeah, and you go, I can apply this. I can redeem this. Yeah. And, and I can make it, it, I could not turn it into something spiritual, but you can connect it and say, no, this, I need to be more disciplined. This, this grit, I need to There's suck a biblical it up. concept There is here. a big old concept I can connect it to. Mm. And everything is about connecting it to God and, and kind of line, aligning right. it up with him, right. whether, whether it's passions or whether it's, it's, you know, some self-help books or some, uh, whatever you could, if you connect it to God, if you can make that connection, then, yeah. then in, then it's great. I think it's, yeah. a, it's a good thing. I'm not against reading self-help and, and leadership books. I read those things. Just from the pulpit, but, per well, se. Not only that, but I just, when I read them, I read them through a filter. And the filter is, is, is are these things um, supported biblically? Are, are, they, are, are they saying something that is contrary to what Scripture says that, that isn't what we find uh, in, in the Bible? And so, so if it's not what we find in the Bible, then then I'm either going to do two things. Either it needs to be rejected or it's possible that maybe the Bible just doesn't speak to this kind of thing. There are things the Bible doesn't speak to. And then, and I think we can, we can kind of go, okay, well, the Bible doesn't speak to this issue. So maybe we, um, you know, maybe there's some flexibility there. Does gotcha. that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes sense to me. Um, yeah. You, I think as you read the Bible, you start to, you kind of get an idea of your filter becomes very clear. Like this, this is not biblical, even though it may not even say it's, Per se in scripture, you know this doesn't doesn't resound in my soul. This isn't right. Something something's not right about this. Well, not only not only that, but I think we can. I, I think you're 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 talking about um, in more of an intuitive way. But I don't think we have to view it in an, an intuitive way. We can say, we can say, look, there are biblical principles that are being violated, mm-hmm. even though scripture doesn't directly say da 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 da, but you know, addressing this particular issue, but the, but there's biblical principles that are being violated or there's biblical principles that support this. And so, so just because scripture doesn't talk about, um, alter alternating or, um, altering the, the genome, it doesn't talk about CRISPR technology and, and, you know, altering people's DNA, we can still go back and look at biblical principles in scripture and then, and then figure out, okay, is this going to honor God or not? And so, so it's not just whether scripture directly talks about that very specific thing that's too narrow, but whether the biblical, the principles we find in scripture are violated by doing something or they support something. Okay. That makes sense. Um, I was, I was going to ask you a question here and I haven't fully fleshed it out. So, um, you talked about in your sermon that when it comes to our holiness, we are supposed to be like God. Yeah, um, and that just instantly brought me to the the verse in Genesis three five where it says, 
For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, <laughs> knowing good and evil. Is there any connection there, John? No. Okay. No. <laughs> okay. Oh, no, no, no. So you, you, wanna... would, you would go ahead and make that, make that, yeah. Well, you know, you said like God, I think is what, what kind of triggered we that in my head. We should be like God in that we're created in the image of God and we, we should be a reflection of him in that sense. Not that, but when when scripture talks about, in Genesis 3 was t- being talked about there is you have the garden, right? And you have Adam and Eve and they're in paradise, the, the garden that God has given them and they're managing the garden because God asked them to do that. And then they, God says, just, you can do anything you want except for eat from the tree of uh, knowledge of good and evil. And so don't do that. Right. And so, so then you have this temptation with the, with the serpent, all this stuff. Right. And so that verse is literally going, going, Hey, um, we want to be like God, not just in the sense that we want to be a a reflection in the proper sense for which he's created us to be, but we want to be like God and that we want his power. We want his knowledge. We want to sit on his throne. So that's a very different, you know, context always determines meaning. And so, so when it talks about in, in like Ephesians four, where it talks about holiness and godliness, it's, we want to be like God and that we want to be a proper reflection of him and his character, knowing that we are not God. We don't have, uh, omniscience or omnipotence or any of those things, nor should we seek those things, but we should allow God to have those things. And instead we should reflect God in, in, in our holiness. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, it's just one of those things where you hear the yeah. word, you heard the word like God and you go, oh, I, wonder, I wonder if there's some sort of, some sort of connection, even just with the idea of the knowledge of good and evil, you know, cause we do get that, you know, being in this image, we do know we have more of an understanding of, you know, seeing through th- things through his eyes. Yeah, but it's well, just that desire to be him. And the more we become like him and how we think, the more we realize how fallen we truly yeah. are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, love, I love the Apostle Paul where he calls himself the chief of sinners. Right. And you're like, no way. But as you get closer you think to God, about it. Yeah. as you get closer to God, you start to see um, the, the depths of, oh, wow. The like depths the, of our sin, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you you uh, quoted the the best, the, you know, the <laughs> greatest coach of all time. Well, he was a good one. Anyways. He was going, yeah. Uh, I'm from Los Angeles, so yeah. the Lakers. But uh, Pat Riley, the, the the disease of more, right? Yeah. And at first I thought you said the disease of, or, or is it called the disease of more? Is that what you said? Yeah. And he said something the first time I, I, I didn't pick up that it was more. I can't remember what it was, but it was just funny because it threw me off. But it's a great point. And I think of it, you know, I think of it with um, Tom Brady. Yeah. And I'm, uh, you know, I used to not like Tom Brady. And I'm not, as I'm getting older, I'm starting to really appreciate him. Oh, yeah. Um, and the one reason why I do appreciate him is is it's pretty well known that he, he would, re, you wouldn't take the highest pay. Right. He would always um, lower his salary so that he can get better receivers to throw to, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's very, that's, you know, they created a dynasty, they did, you know, yeah. in New England. I think a lot of it is that reason. And, you know, I think about that with, you know, any sports team that we have, once you have that great year. Yeah. And then one player rises to the top and then there's their, their contract negotiation and they, they're getting, they're the, one of the highest paid position players in the, yeah. in the league. And I always think to myself, well, there goes our playoffs. Yeah. You know, we're going, we're going downhill. Yeah. Because we can't afford anybody else. Yeah. And uh, sure enough, it's happened for us, you know, in a couple areas, but um, for who's us? You keep saying this us. Are you talking now, about the Lakers now the or Rock, like now the Rockies? Now, now you're talking about the Rockies. Rockies okay, and the Broncos. I, I'm so confused. You know, Broncos. we have great players, but we pay we pay them a lot, and it, it hurts us. You know, um, and that's okay. I mean, obviously they, they should yeah. want more. They get they all did. your sports radio right here. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, they deserve they deserve it. G F O L. They deserve it, but there is a, there is a, a a great wisdom in saying, you know what? I don't need more. Yeah, I, I'm I'm content with this. You know, it's a lot. I'm content with it. I don't, I don't need to have that. As Christians. How do we stop ourselves from wanting more? 
Man, you know, it is really, really tough. Here's the interesting thing about that is because we do the same thing, right? And the, and the whole point to that was that especially when we first enter into a relationship with Jesus, man, we love Jesus. All we need is Jesus. I just That's need it. Jesus. That's I'm it. I'm sick of the world. I'm sick of the world. I just want to, right? I just want to, I want to, I want to get rid of the old self. I want to put on the new self. I want to embrace this new life that I've, that I have in Jesus. And then pretty soon, you know, we get into it a little bit and we're going, man, I just wish we had better worship music at church. Man, I just wish, I, I just would, you know, I wish pastor was like, you know, I don't know, whoever, Chuck Swindoll. He's mm. one of my favorites. I yeah, love, okay. I love so Chuck you, Swindoll. So you say that. Yeah, well, I didn't want to say some other ones because, anyways, it doesn't matter. But, like, I love Chuck Swindoll. I think he's you great. You wish our pastor was Chuck Swindoll. Yeah, I wish yeah. Grace's pastor was <laughs> like Chuck Swindoll. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's. And, and or, or I wish I wish we had that program or or I wish, you know, like all of a sudden. So we're, we're suffering from the disease of more. Mm-hmm. And I, I want all these other things to meet my preferences so that I can feel more comfortable in my context. And, and this is, you know, th- this is the salary. Right. Aren't you lucky I became a Christian because now I can have all these preferences that you can meet, you know, in, in yeah. church. And you're just so lucky, church, that I've chosen you. And, and I want to go, no. No, our I'll passion take my is for Jesus. Elsewhere. I'll take my talents elsewhere, John. We su- yeah, we right, and, that, and uh, man, you have no idea how close to the truth that is, Johnny. Yeah. That people said they don't put it quite that way, but that's what they're saying. You know, they're saying, "Aren't you? You're so lucky to have me." That's the disease of more. All of a sudden, you go from this place where you have received the grace of God in this amazing way. It's free. You haven't earned it. You you don't deserve it, but it's been given to you freely through the blood of Jesus Christ, through his sacrifice, and to stand in that place and be so thankful and then for, for what he's done. And then all next thing you know, we're complaining about you know, the temperature in the sanctuary. Now, I'm not saying there, you know, it can't get too cold or too warm. And I'm not saying you shouldn't say anything about anything ever. I'm just saying there's a a posture that we take. I'm so grateful for the grace that I have in Jesus Christ. And I want to, I want to, I want that to be the posture. And, and, and when it comes to ministries, you know, I, I just want to use my gifts and talents to glorify and honor God and, and, and expand the kingdom of God. And, and that's my, goal in life, mm-hmm. you know, to, to use my gifts and talents for that. Okay. So I don't like that particular, I don't like all the songs you do, Johnny. I don't mm-hmm. know if you knew that. I don't like all the songs I do, John. <laughs> right. I know that it's true. Right. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I tell you to do songs. I know you, and you don't necessarily love to do all the songs sure. that I want you or to do. Or even I pick a song. I don't I always right. love it once I start playing it. Yeah. Right. And, and so there's, it's, we don't, it's not about our preference. Mm-mm. And, and it, you know, if, if, and so many times it's, that's what it comes to be. It's, it's, we, we receive this amazing grace of the, of the gospel message. And then all of a sudden we, we, we suffer from the disease of more. And I want this, and I want that, and I want this, and I want that. We just got to have the right attitude. I don't, how do you foster that? I think you have to be self-aware. I think you need to always be running back to the gospel, running back to the cross and going, man, and recognizing the, the significance of that gift given to you uh, through Jesus Christ and, and constantly reminding yourself of, 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 of God's love for you and that you don't deserve any of it, but you got it. Mm. And I think, I think that if you do that, that's a, that's a good start. I, you know, I don't know if there's a, there's a one, one answer that it is a, cure all for that. But, but that, I think that's a good start. Well, I think, yeah, you know, I, you know, you talked a lot about it, essentially entitlement in the mm-hmm. church, but even in our own lives, I think we get that way. We get, 
you know, God, thank you for for saving me from this situation or whatever. And then things start to become good, and we we find ourselves back to being complacent and yeah. um, entitled, and we start making demands, and we're you know we're chasing folly and and sin and all that kind of stuff. And it's like we need to constantly. I think what you said was best is just that, re- that evaluation of ourselves almost daily. You know, and yeah. you know, they talk about the Apostle Paul or even David who said, you know, David who said, "Search my heart." You know, mm-hmm. we need to constantly be as we draw closer to him each day, hopefully that entitlement just keeps getting ripped yeah. out of us. Yeah. Um, and it's so easy. Talk I about mean, a scary prayer, by the way. Oh gosh. Yeah. Search my heart. What a prayer. Yeah. So brave. Careful what you ask for. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Because you know, it's just, it's going to get rough. But yeah. um, as we kind of close, John, uh, Kevin DeYoung had a great quote that you used. Um, it said that if holiness is the renewal of God's image in us, what should, what should our reaction be? Oh, sorry. Um, I, this isn't the quote, but it was basically about holiness is a renewal of God's yeah. uh, image in us. So what should our reaction be when we fall short or, or sin? Uh, repent. Mm-hmm. Realize that every human that's ever walked the face of the planet, minus one, you know, um, has suffered from the same thing. They've, they've, they've sinned. They've needed to repent. They've needed to, um, to go to God and receive his grace, right? Like, that's it. And, and we've, we, I think sometimes we think repentance is like this— this thing that I should never need to do. Right. That's for other people because they sin, but I should be better than that. And we, we, we act as if we can somehow live above the fray when it comes to sin and repentance. And we can't. It's pride, right? Yeah, it's pride. That is a sin. No. <laughs> that, that very thought is a sin, right? And so the, it's pride. It's pride to think that you are the one, the one human other than Jesus who doesn't need repentance. It's just not true. You're going to need it. Even after the cross. Yes. Even after the cross. I even mean, 20 years into your, yes. uh, even 50 years yes. into your past. I mean, I'm not there yet, but yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that's, I think that's, um, I think that's really important, you know, for us to understand. Now that doesn't mean we take lightly sin. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm suggesting. I'm just saying that when, when we, we should, we should fight for holiness. We should seek holiness. Um, when we fail, we should we should run to Jesus and we should repent and we should grow from it and and recognize sometimes we need to repent and sometimes repentance requires forgiveness from other people as well um, depending on what what it is but but the point is that we you know that we constantly seek holiness we strive for holiness we seek to become more like God godliness right and that's what what Peter in Second Peter chapter one was talking about, he's adding to our faith in this case godliness, and so so godliness is added to us, but it's it's a it's a it's an effort, it's an intentionality, it's a, it's it takes work, um, and we should embrace the work. I, I love the word. The reason why that re, that quote resounded so much with me is it's the renewal of yeah. God's image, which implies that. God is okay with this process. He's okay with renewing his image in you. Yeah. He's okay with you saying, I fell, I came up short. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I knew this was going to happen. Now let's renew that image in you. Let's make you holier again. Yeah. And uh, I know my 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 reaction usually is I get discouraged. Yeah. And I'll withdraw from God when yeah. I feel like I've fallen short. And uh, that doesn't help with the renewal process. No, and that's no. a lot of people's reaction. This mm-hmm. has been my reaction too. I, I think everybody re- has that on some level. But when we realize that the righteousness that we have is not a righteousness of our own or a righteousness that we've earned or accomplished or any of those things, it's only a righteousness received, imputed to us through Christ, then, then we can go, look, my righteousness isn't mine anyways. Mm-hmm. 
uh, I just go to Jesus and I've received his righteousness. And when I stand before God, I'm not going to say, look at the holy life I lived or the righteous life I lived. I'm going to say, I received righteousness from Jesus because he went to the cross. He paid the debt for my sin and he rose again, conquering sin and death. That's what I'm going to say. That's I got le- nothing else. That's the leg you stand on. That That's the leg I stand on. And now the rest of my life is doing everything I can in every area of my life to bring into alignment my life with the fact that I have received that righteousness from Christ. And so I want to become more and more holy and righteous and like God. That I want that godliness to grow in me, and it'll become to its full fruition in the new heavens and the new earth. Hmm. Um any other uh, resources you recommend aside from anything that Chuck Swindoll has written or preached? Well, oh, I can't use Chuck Swindoll? Hey, not anymore. No, oh, now that well, I know. How about Kevin DeYoung? Can I use him? Yeah, you can use him. Yeah, The Whole in Holiness, um, I think, is a really good little book. Is it really whole, accessible? Is it H O L E? Okay. Yeah, The Whole in Holiness, and. Um, and really good book, and and I think pretty accessible. And Kevin DeYoung, I think, is is a good communicator, and and talks about this issue really well. The other resource that's a little bit more uh, involved, although it's still very accessible, um, but it's a little bit bigger book is J.I. Packer's um, Rediscovering Holiness. Yeah, Rediscovering Holiness, and and I think that one's that one's very good as well. And so those two books I think would be excellent. As a matter of fact, if you're if you're going, man, I don't I don't want to, I just want I want to dive into this a little bit. Get get Kevin DeYoung's book. If you want to go, man, I just really want I want to dig deep into this, and and really think about this in a deep way. Um, not that Kevin DeYoung doesn't, but it's just a little bit shorter read and a little bit more accessible. Um, get the J.I. Packer book, Rediscovering Holiness. Hmm. Well, John, just so you know, you're allowed to use a couple uh, Swindoll resources just so you know but you're just limited i I will tell you you know i got the i got the opportunity to um to meet chuck swindoll one time and it was very weird for me um and just tell this little story at the end here but it was it was was weird for me he's number one he's a lot shorter than i thought um i'm i'm significantly taller than him and i'm not right you're five ten five eleven yeah five ten five eleven somewhere you know Depends on the day. I don't know why, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it does. Sometimes I'm like, you know, whatever. Anyways, so I, yeah, so I'm not real tall. I'm maybe slightly taller than average, but not, not much. Um, and he's, I don't know how tall he is. My guess he's probably like five, seven, five, eight, something mm-hmm. like that. Maybe even shorter. I don't know. But it just surprised me. I don't know why. Cause he's a giant in the faith for me. Yeah. yeah. You know, maybe I just thought he'd be tall, uh, but he's not, he's pretty, he's pretty short. But then, and he reminds me a lot of my grandpa. And so when I met him, I, I actually started to cry. I couldn't believe it. It's like, the one, you know, there's probably been two or three times in my life that I felt starstruck, and that was one of them. Like, I, you could put Kobe, I was going to say Kobe Bryant, but he's passed away. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of rude of me. I mean, but Michael you, Jordan. You could, put, you could put some famous athlete in front of me, and I'd be like, oh, that's cool. As a matter of fact, I've had this. I've, I've met some, some famous athletes, and I'm like, it's cool. You take a picture. You have fun. You say hi, whatever. Like, no big deal. Um, like, I don't get starstruck, but... With Chuck Swindoll, I did. That's so, cool. I figured, you, I figured you. I figured you. Yeah, well, thought, you know, like you probably cried. You probably cried. I did. I cried. I'm not kidding. Well, I, it surprised me because I don't here's cry. Here's why. Here's why I think you cried. I think it's because um, at, at the core of our being, the thing that resounds the most is our spirit and our soul. Yeah. And anyone that that pours into that. Yeah. Is going to be a powerful, emotional uh, piece of your life. Yeah. So, well, and I did grow up listening to him on the radio mm-hmm. and stuff and, and preaching. And, uh, and, and your grandfather was a huge, my grandfather man was a God huge, yeah. And he you. was a preacher as well. And I think that, I think he preached in, in some ways a lot like not as good. 
hopefully you sure. know, in control for that. But not as good as Chuck Swindoll, I don't think. But but he preached a lot. Like they both very committed to the communicating the word of God, and 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 I just really respect that about him. But anyways. Well, John, let's wrap this up. What's the big idea this week? Uh, the big idea in that, be it, <laughs> uh, the big idea is this. Holiness looks like the renewal of God's image in us. Thank you for joining us on the Grace Deep Dive Podcast, where we believe in real grace for real living. We'll see you next week. <laughs>